My guest today is Joe Dale. Joe is an independent languages consultant from the UK who works with a range of organisations such as the British Council, the BBC, Skype, Microsoft and The Guardian. He's a recognised expert on technology and language learning. He was recently described in a Guardian article as a modern foreign languages guru. Joe's new Facebook group, Language Teaching with AI, already has over 2,600 members. So suffice to say, he knows his stuff. And to a lot of modern foreign language teachers around the UK, he is a legend. Welcome to Everything EFL. My name's Erin O'Byrne and I firmly believe that you as a teacher are special, amazing, creative and passionate. But it's very easy to get burnt out and overwhelmed. With my podcast and my teacher training, I aim to help you avoid burnout and cut down on your prep time so you can unleash your creativity and enjoy your work more mindfully. Are you ready? Let's go. Joe Dale, welcome to Everything EFL Podcast. How are you? It's lovely to be here. Thanks ever so much for the opportunity. I love a podcast and I love talking about technology and languages, so it's a perfect mix. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about you. And uh, in fact, I think you did an interview with my good friend Laura Wilkes for TESOL Pop not long ago. Indeed, yes, that was great fun. And I see that Laura's um, made a new venture in uh, business podcasting and podcasting to uh, help newbie podcasters to learn all about podcasting. So very meta, very cool. Did she pay you to say that? She didn't, but I'm just, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm just a nice guy, basically. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the reason I have you on here today is because you are a bit of an AI expert. I am not. I did do one podcast already about ChatGPT, but I think that you have some really nice hacks, some really nice, easy things that teachers can do, even if they're a little bit overwhelmed by technology, which... I think a lot of teachers are. What kind of feedback do you get from teachers in terms of using AI and technology in general? That's a great question. I think there's a lot of wowing about what the AI can do. I'm not uh, saying that it can't occasionally produce rubbish or hallucinate to make things up. So I think it's really, really important to always critically analyse any output that the AI produces. But I think what it does very, very well is things like summarizing text, putting in transcripts and turning that into a bulleted list or turning that into, say, a, uh, a form of um, multiple choice questions, those sorts of things. So, for example, just really simple things like with YouTube clips, you can get the transcript now. For most YouTube clips, you can just put it straight into ChatGPT or Google Bard or, um, or Claw.ai. So it's a different large language models, as one says, and it can then just turn that into an activity straight away. You can get it to create lesson plans really easily. Again, the more simple the prompt or the question that you ask it, the more simple and general the answer will be. So the more precise you are in your prompting using different parameters, for example, saying the age of the students, the context, the lesson, uh, the topic, the subject, those sorts of things, you can then very easily craft exactly what you're looking for. And it's a way of avoiding the blank page, I think. So as a way of brainstorming, as a way of getting your creative juices flowing, it's a fantastic way of seeing what you don't like and then working out as a result of what you don't like, what you do want to then put in your lesson plan. So what I mean by that is if you then put in, let's say, a general prompt and you think most of what it's produced is too general, too bland, but there might be one kernel of an idea that sparks 
a thought in your head and you think, oh, actually, that's really interesting. I did that, say, five years ago. I've not done that for a while. That would work really well here. And then you ask the AI to then elaborate on that particular idea. And that's when you can get something that's much more special and individual and you put your own voice to it, as it were. Yeah. And I think that like there are so many little tweaks you can make as well. Like if you get, for example, I did, um, you know, create some questions for this text but the questions had sort of exactly the same wording in the questions as you would find in the text. So I just said, can you please make the language in the questions different from the language in the text? And it did. And another thing I did was I created a dialogue. I, I love dialogues. I'm a big fan of dialogues. And um, just for a laugh, I put in, can you make it sound like Irish people are talking? And then it recreated with all this Irish slang. Some of it was a bit cheesy, but it was hilarious. And then another tweak was, can you create it so that teenagers are talking? So it had things like, oh, you know, let's hang out, awesome dude and all that. But it's nice, fun language. So little, little tweaks definitely help. I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. And you can also uh, refer to the CEFR as well. So the Common European Framework, which is another way of, if you like, getting the, the appropriate level of language. So if you say... I'm an A1 level learner of English. I would like to practice conversation. I want you to play the role of a waiter in an English cafe. I only want you to speak in English and I'm going to then speak to you and you're going to, to speak back. And there's a really nice um, free Chrome extension called Voice Control for ChatGPT, which allows you to do that. So it's a great way of facilitating conversation practice, but also with the, uh, the official OpenAI ChatGPT app on Android and on iOS in the free version as well as the paid version, you can now have this uh, sort of voice conversations option, which means you can literally have a chat with the app, practicing whatever topic you would like at whatever level you would like. That's incredibly useful as well for sort of promoting independent practice, I think. Yes. And I actually did this. I watched one of your um, webinars <laughs> about this and I tried it and I and I am not techie, but I managed to find the extension voice control. Any links, by the way, guys, we will put on the show notes that we mentioned. And because I was heading off to French Guyana and my French is pretty bad, but I was like, okay, you know, I'm in a cafe, talk to me. And it did. And I actually learned the word for teabag as well, you know, in the process. So, you know, win-win. But my point is it was very, very, very simple. And if I can do it, I think anybody can do it. So ChatGPT has been around for a little while now. Is it old hat or do we still have a lot to discover in terms of what teachers can do? There's lots of things to discover. I think ChatGPT is sort of like the headline AI tool because that's the one that people have been talking about a great deal. I think the early adopters maybe are looking for other things, but I think there's a huge, a huge rump, as it were, lots of people who are still very new to AI in general and ChatGPT. I was doing a session in a school on the mainland. I live on the Isle of Wight, by the way, for those people that don't know, in the UK. Oh, very nice. And so uh, I travelled to the mainland, despite all these issues around flooding and what have you, but it was okay. I was able to get there, no problem. And there were lots of people that hadn't heard of different AI tools I was mentioning, as well as some older tools like Padlet and things like that, which was which was great because it meant that I was showing people lots of new things, which is obviously very exciting. So I think that it's very easy for those people in sort of social media bubbles or being in like an echo chamber and thinking that, of course, everyone knows how to use ChatGPT now. Everyone knows how to use AI. And that's just not the case when you work with um, with different you know cohorts of teachers. So I think that ChatGPT is a great starting point. I think there are other LLMs, large language models out there as well, such as Claude, which I mentioned already. For example, in relation to uh, show notes, what I've done previously when I've done podcast interviews is I've taken the the audio and I put it into Word Online. And with Word Online, you can then generate a transcript from the audio, which is amazing. And then once you've got the transcript, you can put that into a tool like Claude, which allows you to put in more text compared to 
ChatGPT, because otherwise it will say, um, oh, the, the text is too long. You've got to cut it into sections. But with Claude, it has a bigger window, as it were, for the amount of content you can put in in one go. And you could then take that transcript and say, could you please write the show notes for this podcast episode? And I did that recently, and it put in all the live links of the things I mentioned. It was absolutely incredible. So as I was talking about the sort of the wow factor earlier, on a regular basis, I either see teachers I'm demonstrating these different tools to saying wow, or I do it myself when I, I come across a way in which I can see that the workflow I normally um, employ has been blown apart by the use of AI. So it's just finding those little those little gems and finding out ways in which things can be done more quickly. Okay, I will be stealing that show notes idea. That is amazing. <laughs> what would you say to teachers who are still quite overwhelmed by tech and say, look, I'm too tired, I really don't have time to do this? I think um, starting small, I think just choosing a couple of tools for example, yesterday in the uh, in the session, I was uh, presenting to uh, language teachers, classics teachers, and English teachers as well, as in English as a first language. And some of the tools that went down really, really well were the text to image AI tools. So things like in Padlet, you have now have the feature called "I can't draw." So probably, I would imagine that most people have heard of Padlet, and therefore. If you go into Padlet, it's a it's an environment you're already familiar with. You just click on the little plus icon bottom right of the screen or just literally double click on the screen. The little box comes up where it says subject. You write your name there or whatever you want to write. And then there's three little dots on the right hand side. You click on that and then you can see all the different features that Padlet has. And one of them, a new one, is called I can't draw. So all you have to do is click on the I can't draw option. And then you have a little box for your prompt. So, for example, you could write something like um, an elephant playing chess in the rain, for example, right? Then you click on the little arrow and within, I would say, about 30 seconds, sometimes less, you get six different images generated through the AI of a different elephant each time playing chess in the rain. So from a language learning point of view and a way of unlocking creativity, I think this is fabulous. And people just seem to absolutely love that. It's, it's simple. We know images we have that sort of visual language knowing how we can use images and what i love about it is the way in which you can make sort of bespoke images based on the language that you are you're teaching or maybe if you're using some sort of device a memory technique to remember a particular word because maybe it sounds like another word in another language you can combine two different images together which you wouldn't be able to do in a standard way unless you presumably commissioned an artist to make a picture like that but with ai you can make it literally in seconds. Mm. And before we get into like more little ideas and tips, can you just go through a couple of the things that we have to remember, like maybe a couple of drawbacks? Okay, so in relation to ethics, I think that's a really important consideration. I think whenever we're using AI, we have to think carefully about the information we're putting into it, never put in personal information, for example, particularly if it's um, related to students, that's an absolute no-no. And we have to be very conscious of that in relation to the age restrictions of using tools like uh, ChatGPT. We need to be 13 or above. We need to have parental permission between 13 and 18. That's really important. You need to put in a mobile phone number uh, in order to generate the code that you need to set up your account with OpenAI. Likewise with Claude, you need to put in a phone number as well. So it goes without saying there are safeguarding issues around that. And I think that you need to make sure that you adhere to the AI policy in the in the institution that you're working in, be it a language school or a standard secondary school or primary school or, or what have you. I mean, at primary school, 
I'm not recommending that students are individually using AI tools, but certainly a teacher could maybe model some content, could create an image based on the content that they are looking at in a particular lesson, but not ask the students to create their own content because obviously, as I said, you have to be 13 or above. But I think that those sorts of issues are are paramount. I mean, AI is not going away. It's here to stay now. And then you've got lots of tools like uh, quizzes and Quizzalize and Quizlet that are incorporating AI within their their tools because they know it's sort of it's a hot topic at the moment and they really you know lots of companies feel as if they need to say AI enhanced because I suppose it's like a marketing thing as well so I think we can't avoid it but at the same time we need to think carefully about what we are what we're encouraging people to do or how we are framing the use of it by people of a certain age I think that's a really important issue I also think around as I said earlier, about critically analysing anything it produces, not only for accuracy, but also for bias. I watched a really interesting video a couple of days ago about the way in which all the data sets have been generated through inputting thousands and thousands and thousands of images of different people into um, various data sets that different companies are using for this sort of idea of, uh, of text to image. And so if you put in the name of a country, the name of a type of job, you get certain types of image that come up. And I think that that is representing certain types of bias based on the data sets that have been put into it or ChatGPT and other AIs can produce content which could be deemed as sexist, for example. And so I think it's very important to always evaluate the appropriateness of um, any sort of content that, uh, that the AI produces. So those are a few thoughts. And I think it is important to be always wary of the sort of content which it can produce. But I also think it's something to be excited about, to be aware of the dangers, but to be excited about the fact that I think in, in teaching, and particularly in language teaching, there's a whole host of possibilities. And that's one reason why I'm, I'm all over it at the moment. Okay. And <laughs> um, what about like in terms of like inputting instructions, what kinds of things might teachers have to sort of think about in terms of not getting exactly what they want? I think that a multi-prompt approach is the way to go. I think if you sort of start off with quite a, a general prompt, you're probably not going to get a particularly great idea, but you can work out pretty quickly the things that you don't like as opposed to the things that you do like, as I said earlier. So I think that using your voice to input your prompts is a really easy way of having a multi-prompt approach. I also think that to add as many parameters as possible is very important in order to get the sort of content that you're looking for, to put in examples, maybe to model the type of language that you want. I think that's particularly important for early learners. So in other words, if the language is quite simple, I found in general, large language models tend to produce text, which is at sort of intermediate to advanced level. It can be quite verbose on occasion. So you have to really work at saying, no, no, I need you to make the language more simple more basic. If you give it a model and say, I'd like you to create similar types of uh, language to this particular text, then that is a great way, in my opinion, of being able to achieve a um, simpler text. There are tools like Diffit, for example, which is uh, beta.diffit.me, which allows you to put in a text and then you can then choose a different graded version of it. In other words, you can go from second grade, these are US standards, but that would be sort of primary level until 12th grade, which would be at the end of high school, basically. And so you can take an authentic text, but then produce a graded version of it. So it's sort of dumbed down or made more simple. And you've also got the option of exporting it to a Google Doc or a Google Form or a Google uh, Slide template, which have lots of different types of activities. Again, you might not use it completely as is, 
but it's a it's a great starting point. So I, th- I think those are a few ways in which you can you can get started. But I do think that I, I understand when people you know feel a bit overwhelmed. I'm feeling overwhelmed as well. I'm sort of subscribed to probably about ten different AI related newsletters, which have new additions every few days. And I think, well, another ten tools and what have you to maybe. I don't. I don't, obviously don't check out each one, but I'll I'll scan through the list of the new tools and I'll think, oh, that looks interesting. And occasionally I'll have a look at something new. But I think having a core set of um, of tools that that you can use, I think, is a great starting point. Yeah, and I think that beta If that sounds a bit overwhelming, you can just put something into ChatGPT and say, simplify it for an A two which I've done and uh, with my teachers that I've trained when I trained them last year I gave them that option and they just lost their minds they were just like oh my god this is amazing just the most simple thing but it saves hours and hours and hours of work because you know how many hours have we spent scrolling and searching the internet for text oh no that's too difficult that's too difficult and yeah it doesn't lose its authenticity but it's just as you say just making it simpler so just brilliant so do you have maybe two or three of your sort of real favorite things to do on AI or ChatGPT for teachers to cut down their prep time and just make their lives easier in general? Well, I think in addition to ChatGPT, I think um, other tools such as Diffit are so easy to use that people just sort of get it straight away. I think another really nice one to recommend is Twee, twee.com, which is aimed at English teachers. And it will, for example, just by putting in a YouTube link, it will generate uh, multiple choice questions for you or give you a summary. I love the way it has a button that says do the magic. So you just click on the do the magic button and it just creates the content for you there and then. So I think those are a couple of really nice tools. I, I also really like um, Audio Pen. You can, again, use your voice. You can dictate into AudioPen. It will then transcribe what you've said and it will create a nice summary for you as well. So you could use that, for example, as a teacher to when you get a sort of a moment of inspiration, you can just record some thoughts and it will then turn that into a nice summary. You could also input in a whole range of different languages and output into a range of different languages. So, for example, you could be speaking in French and you could be outputting in French or you could be speaking in English and outputting in Latvian or whatever it might be or vice versa. And you can do all, all that as part of the, the free package. In the paid for package, you can record for longer. You can have bulleted lists as well and other 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 features. But you could always just take the summary it makes and put it into ChatGPT and just say, turn this into a bulleted list, which is uh, fantastic as well. Interestingly, with, with AudioPen, you don't even have to be uh, logged in in order to use it. It will actually work even without um, you setting up an account. But most of these sorts of AI tools, you do need to have a Google account or a Microsoft account, etc. Another nice thing that LLMs can do as well is make tables. So for tools like yes. um, Flippity or Quizlet or other tools which allow you to input content via a template, then you can say, for example, to ChatGPT, make a table with two columns. In the first column, give me a list of 10 questions to do with this particular topic aimed at 16-year-olds learning English, for example. In the second column, give me uh, the translation in whichever language you would like. It will then generate that for you as a table, and you can then copy and paste that content into, let's say, Quizlet or Blookit, or you can use one of the spreadsheet options that come with these different tools and, and import the the content there, or you could use a tool like questionwell.org. Questionwell.org allows you to input your topic title. It will then generate the quiz. You then select all the, the different questions that have come in, and then it gives you a whole range of different 
export options, including tools like quizzes and um, Blookit, etc. So you can just choose the option, which will essentially download the template correctly formatted, and then you just then upload it to one of those tools to save time in creating content. The the Chrome extension Quizzes AI is also fantastic for um, generating multiple choice questions on, say, an article that you're on or a YouTube clip. You simply enable the extension, click on it, and it would then just generate the multiple choice questions for you live in front of your eyes, which takes probably about a minute. And you just have to make sure that everything is accurate and correct and it hasn't hallucinated or made things up. So yeah, it's not just ChatGPT. There are other other tools out there, but I think that because we're going to be giving everyone the show notes, probably generated through AI and, and the transcription, <laughs> then we'll have links to all the different um, tools and yeah. Chrome extensions I've been mentioning. So don't worry if anyone listening to this and just choose one or two things that maybe have sparked your imagination and just try them out. Don't try everything I'm suggesting right now. Otherwise you will fall over and the students will get overwhelmed as well. That's it. I mean, step by step, like you mentioned tables. I only discovered ChatGPT can generate tables last year when I actually asked it, do you do tables? And it said yes. So you can ask it, you know. <laughs> and I generated a table. I got it to generate some texts first and the students used them to fill in the tables. And it was it was great. It was and it took me like what, five minutes? Whereas it would have taken me forever before. It's just mad, isn't it? <laughs> it is mad, but I think that through social media groups, through communities, through Facebook groups, etc., people can sort of learn the good stuff quickly yeah. because you've got people out there like myself appearing in these groups who are very happy just to help and suggest and share ideas. And so you can pretty quickly get a good idea of what the AI can do. And there's always someone that will come along with something amazing. And then everyone would sort of jump onto that as well and explore, you know, push the envelope even further. But I think that being part of um, Facebook groups, I think, is is a really good way in which you can share ideas. LinkedIn as well, but I've created a, a Facebook group called Language Teaching with AI, which has already got about 2,800 members. So if people want to request to join that, that would be a great way in which they can learn more about all the different things I've talked about. And I'm regularly doing sessions, you know, webinars, as you know, and etc. about AI. So I'm trying to to share the knowledge, but make a living at the same time. So um, where would be the best place to connect with you? Would it be the Facebook group or LinkedIn? All of the above on Twitter or X, as it's now called. I'm just at Joe Dale. And I'm regularly tweeting about different um, ideas to do with uh, technology and languages, as well as AI-driven ideas as well, and, and some other things in between as well. So those are a few good starting points. But I think if people are particularly interested in language teaching with AI, I think the Facebook group is a great place to start. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for your time, Joe. And yeah, have a lovely day. <laughs> Same to you. Bye-bye. So as always, let's spread the word about everything EFL. Share this episode with a colleague if you think they'll get something from it. You can also join my newsletter. The link is in the show notes. It's just a weekly newsletter and there's always a small achievable challenge for you to help you with your mindset or your teaching practice. And it's also just a reminder that you're doing okay. Leave me a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Also, leave a comment. This is super important. This will push me up the ratings. And as always, have a safe and peaceful week, look after yourself, and share the love. Bye.